tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello and welcome to an all-new UFC on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Baronado and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Mr. J. Tan, as always. And look, there's two surprise guests on our panel. It's the same. The guests equal the uh, the hosts now. I think this is probably the yeah. first time I we've mean, ever gone They were hosts 50-50. before we were hosts. So, oh, I mean, good one there. Technically, yeah. wow. very true. They're part of our panel. <laughs> we're, we're seniors. We're valid. And they're going to be here. He had the surprise look face. Surprise guest. He did that. See? That was very good. <laughs> you didn't even know you were here. I didn't. Hello? What? Oh, Mr. I finally came down from it. So <laughs> We're here with Mr. Steven yeah. Quadros and Mr. Boss Rutten. If they need explanations, you guys aren't real MMA fans. No, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. That just means you're young like me and weren't born like when they were her. doing their thing. Um, but anyway, we are going to talk about Crow Cop versus Gonzaga 2 that happened in Krakow, Poland Krakow! over this weekend. I knew you were going to do that <laughs> like that. that. It was UFC Fight Night 64, and well, it was an interesting one, but we'll get to that. J-Tan's going to run down the lineup for you. Yeah, it was uh, interesting is, I, I suppose, a decent word for it. Um, I didn't think necessarily the one of the stronger shows so far this year, but uh, it was the UFC's first foray into Poland, mm-hmm. um, and to that end, you know they stacked the card with uh, with Polish fighters as best they could. Uh, seven of them, unfortunately, they went two and five, not to, not the best showing for for the Nationals. But um, it sounded like it was a pretty decent uh, showing in terms of uh, gate and attendance. So um, you know, Eastern the Eastern. Can I say Eastern Bloc? <laughs> That's true. That's probably Eastern an outdated Bloc. term. The, um, you know, Eastern know. Europe, you know, is, is certainly a, a market that they're looking to to develop. And with the first show, sometimes they're going to be great hits, like when they went into Canada, and other times, you know, in these these kind of, I'm going to call them secondary markets, you got to build them up a little bit, you know. And so sometimes you're going to have a great big splash, like mm-hmm. uh, like when they went into Montreal, but other times it's going to be uh, something like Poland. That said, though, um, there were some decent matches, and we saw the um, the return or the rematch, rather, and the return of Mirko Krokop. The return of Mirko Krokop to the UFC, the rematch between he and Gabriel Gonzaga, which guys is the first match is one of the all-time UFC history highlights. That is one for the ages that will continue to last. Go check it out, but. Uh, Gonzaga came into the into this match 1-0 above uh, Krokop. The Croatian, uh, what do you want to call it? Croatian. <laughs> well, I was going to save that for your buddy oh, Pat yeah, Militich. Yeah, right. yeah, the, the Croatian kickboxing legend uh, did avenge his loss from many years ago with a uh, third round TKO finish with really wicked uh, elbows elbows to the face bloodying up uh, Gonzaga pretty badly and uh, you know that ended up winning fight of the night uh, for the event 
It, it was the first fight of the night bonus that Dana White's given in a while. Yeah. It's been quite a few events. He I usually know that just Dana gives, was, was on hand for that, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's The UFC, I should say then. Yeah. Um, has given it in a while. Usually, lately they've been giving uh, the performance bonuses. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see this one got fighted. Yeah, yeah. Another highlight, though, uh, from this show Leon Rocky Edwards. Eight second knockout. That was uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. 2001. <laughs> <laughs> it's like over Seth Bazinski, Polish power. Uh, unfortunately, the the polls didn't get their uh, their way uh, with that match. Right. But it definitely was a, a fantastic. Was I mean, eight seconds? So not eight, eight and nine because it's his nickname. Oh, eight nine. Oh, See, <laughs> J eight nine ten. J explain it, Bosco. Yeah. He just explained it. That's it. J eight nine ten. Was it sold out? Was it sold out? Yeah. I think. No. Ten thousand people. Uh, about seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Okay, I don't think it was sold out, but it was you a good s- crowd. You yeah, would think that Putinowski, I would have expected him that they would yeah. have contacted him and said, "Hey, what well, is your sure. shirt?" Because he's so known right now in Poland. Yeah. I, I wonder what the mishap was with that. I don't know if he wasn't available or what money. The case probably, I'm was. sure. Yeah, possibly money. Maybe or, maybe money. Yeah, he's under contract, last I understood, to yeah. KSW. Marius Pujanowski was considered one of the one of the uh, strongest men alive. Yeah. Possibly now, at least at one point, he was ranked as the strongest man alive and has made some waves in the Polish and Eastern European scene. Um, yeah, I was wondering about that as well. He's probably the most well-known guy in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but regardless, they did have a few guys uh, on here running down the matches real quickly. Uh, you know what excited me about this um, in terms of the undercard? We had uh, two different women's matches at 115. And that excited you, Jay? And I think I'll finish my statement. Oh God! Because be I think that let's see. No, no, not a butt at all. Just that I, I think we saw a couple of uh, rising stars there from that they can uh, build off of. Alex, no, I'm sorry, that's not the very first one. Let me go to it. Um, Alexandra was Russian. Taylor Lapidus in the opening match won, uh, beat Rocky Lee from Taiwan, uh, unanimous decision. Taiwan. 30-27 across the board, guys. This is what it's going to be with these two. I, I feel like we've got two. I feel like we're babysitting here. Get through these goddamn matches so we can talk to these guys. (laughs) Fair enough. Stevie Ray with TKO win in the second over Marcin Bomba Bandel. He should uh, fight on on short notice as well. Mm -hmm. Stevie J. Stevie Ray. Isn't oh, Stevie Ray Vaughn? That's, Ray. that's your kind of guy, right? Yeah, yeah uh, blues guitar. Yeah. Stevie Wonder? I played a guitar player in a movie once, but we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember that. It was the devil or something, right? Yeah, you made was, a pact with the devil? Yeah, it was awesome. Tracy <laughs> Lords was the lead. Was, you can't, you can't miss it. I mean... Tracy Lawrence, we know yeah, her from yeah. where? But, but anyway, speaking Bio of the t- undercard, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to upstage. <laughs> You're not sorry. <laughs> Hashtag sorry, not sorry, right? Uh, Alexandra Abu from Russia uh, mm-hmm. and, and Moldova, excuse me, Moldova, mm-hmm. uh, over Isabella Baderek. Mm. She, she, talk about uh, physique, like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. She is a, she was a former bodybuilder or, or female mm-hmm. contestant in, mm-hmm. you know, body contests, whatever they call those. Um, so her physique was outstanding. She was in great shape, and yeah. And her technique was just that as well. Oh, oh, little, yeah. uh, Most of the time, that's Moldovan Terminator. It yeah, yeah that, like. I was interested, actually. Ba- that's interesting you say that, that they don't always go together. Yeah. That's what I think usually, right. too. I'm like, okay, you know, she has a great physique. She looks amazing, but... Is she a performer? Is she a fighter? Right. Maybe and she was a gymnast or something also, you know, like one of those right. competitions where they do the muscles and everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So she won yeah. by... She's a bodybuilder, yeah. She won by guillotine in the second round over Isabella Baderek, who was another of the uh, the hometown favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Hamilton in the heavyweight division came in and f- defeated Daniel... 
Omalanchuk. I think I got that one. That, wow. Whoa, that, that was, three yeah. times. Omalanchuk. 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 That's dope. That's um, dope right there. Yeltsin Meza defeated Damian Stasiak by unanimous decision. Um, Sergio Moreas over Mikhail Ragnar Laboot. I've been watching Vikings and it, <laughs> it came to mind Ragnar Lofbrook, okay. one of my favorite characters on TV right now, but I think that's where the uh, the name came from. Um, Sergio Moreas came out. He defeated the uh, French Viking, as it were. Mm. Again, by unanimous decision, Bartosz Ferbinski who was also one of the local uh, favorites there. He was the first one to get it going for the polls. Mm-hmm. 30-27 across the board for him mm-hmm. over Gareth McClellan. Uh, Seth Pazinski, uh, well, Leon Edwards, eight-second knockout over Seth Pazinski. And on the main card, mm-hmm. we had uh, the other strawweight that, uh, that surprised me or, or impressed me, Mourinho Moroz from the Ukraine. First, uh, first round uh, armbar over the previously undefeated Joanne Jojo called her. Watch word. out, Ronda Whoa. Rousey. George Hermosa's girlfriend girl had a bad day. Wow. This girl has five out of her six wins via armbar from. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're off a mount. Because I really like Joanna Calderwood. I like JoJo, yeah. too. And she, was mean, a, she was a fierce competitor on the yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of, I, looking in her eyes when they were about to stand off, it just looked like she wasn't quite there. And I, I don't know oh, anything I behind so. the scenes. I was like, she always oh, has that look, yeah? Yeah, yeah, she always she has, has that kind of like, yeah, okay, okay, she's, she's like that. <laughs> yeah, that's Great her thing. Yeah. The switch. Yeah. Paolo Pollack defeated Shelton Westcott, also by unanimous decision. Jimmy Manoa. Over Jan Blakowicz, unanimous decision. That was in the co-main event. And, of course, Mirko Krokop over Gabriel Gonzaga. Do you know TKO Jan Blakowicz said he's going to take time off to go treasure hunting? Nice. Yeah. Wow. Some of, the, cool. some of the, the, the hobbies that these guys have, and you guys certainly, I mean, the fighters that you've known, yeah. you can speak to, I mean, you've got stories and you know characters, mm. but, uh, you know, that, yeah, treasure hunting. That's so cool. I want to go treasure hunting. Yeah. Donald, that and beer Donald Cerrone. So <laughs> it goes hand to hand. So seven Polish guys went to a UFC event. Oh! That's not nice. Did they use that landmine detector thing on the beach? Is that how they treasure hunt? No, I think he meant like he was getting in a submarine. Oh, maybe like submarine wow. treasure hunting. I mean, that's no. what I, I figured, think of like when Steve I think treasure saying. hunting. No, that's that's not treasure hunting. That's sand sniffing. Yeah, well, okay. Poland, yeah, yeah. maybe. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you never know. You yeah. never know. Okay. Yeah, well, right. he's going treasure hunting. I like to use my imagination. Yeah. Submarine okay. under the water. You know, big. Pots Just of treasure. be careful of the croikies at the bottom. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's down Indiana there. Indiana Jones stuff. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so you guys are pretty familiar with Mirko Krokop. Yeah. I mean. You yep. guys were the, were us yep. that many years ago mm-hmm. for Pride. They were better you, than they us. They were better than us. Yeah, I know. They're trying to get better than us now. Better. I mean, just because you you look yeah, better looking. Than I mean, us. you're way better looking yeah. than we were. Oh yeah. well, I didn't say you're better looking. No, but seriously, these guys were like the first dynamic duo, really, for Pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kind of started off, you know. What everyone else does now for the UFC, you know, you got your yeah. your John Anik and, and your Joe Rogan now, but these guys were before that, and they were doing it for the real deal over in Japan. Yeah, when Pride started in 
I'm sorry, 98. I almost said 93. 93 is when UFC started. Right. Banco started also in September. These guys really were, you know, when when we talk about the Goldberg and Rogans and Anik Florian, uh, Sean and Jimmy and Bellator, Mm -hmm. this really was, it was perfectly said, the dynamic duo. Um, when, When I first started watching the sport, yeah, I learned from these guys. And if you guys go back and watch anything from Pride 1 to Pride 25 or 30, you know, they, they had that run of the first 30 or so shows. You're going to learn a lot as well. You know, Pride itself was a completely different, uh, a different universe it was. in terms of fighting. And it was also a very different time in MMA. And these guys had to carry the show. This was a Japanese show that was being imported to the U.S. on pay per view. And. Somebody had to anchor it and kind of give an introduction or, or be that connection, that conduit, to the fans. That the hardcores were already there. They understood it. They loved it. They were sold on you guys. But there was that endeavor, too, to to break this thing into... What are you doing, Bob? No, like I said, I got two six-year-old kids playing here. I'm looking for a fight to break out. We've we been working together for a while now, and this is... Pulling us right back. This in. is. Yeah. A, I feel like you guys are going right back thing. to it. It's a lot like a warm up, you know, yeah. to, to just because Boss and I we have uh, ways of making each other relax, and I'm, I'm being serious now. I, we're, yeah. As many jokes as we will say, we have certain ways to do it, and, and some people might think that well, what you're doing is crazy. What, mm. you, you're not well. But what you, the jokes, <laughs> we don't get the jokes. But he and I we're, we're so bizarre with our sense of humor. Oh. It got you guys. Was it like tuning into the chemistry? It got you guys on the same wavelength, so that you could go back and forth. It started actually before we started working together because Boss, uh, one of my students, was training down at Beverly Hills Jiu Jitsu, Giovanni Lem, and Mm -hmm. Boss and I would became friends, and he would corner him with us occasionally. Then next thing you know. We're going to be working together for Pride Fighting Championships. Mm-hmm. And it was just a blessing in disguise because we already kind of knew each other mm. and we hung out, partied together. So it was just a seamless situation. Right. It wasn't like, hi, I'm a new person, so I'm supposed to like you. So, you know, it, it <laughs> right. wasn't quite like that. I mean, yeah. we already, we, we could relax and not have to put on any pretense of what we thought should be a broadcast. I, uh, I was so green at the time that, and they thought it was a joke. When I went to the bus, we went to the event, they asked me, I was in my shorts and my flip flops. <laughs> and they go, Get like, uh, where's your suit? And I go, suit? And they go, you're messing with us, right? I said, no. I said, nobody told me to bring a suit. I did. I had no clue that you had to wear a suit to be a commentator. This so is not what I'm talking about, we had guys. To, we had to start coming up with these crazy openings. That's how the crazy opening started with the grapes. You remember the girls? Yeah. You're in the Those place. came later. The first one we did got cut. But that was with my shirt. That's because I wasn't wearing a suit. And that was these girls were fanning me down with the, feeding me uh-huh, grapes. Uh-huh. And then you were in the the place in the arena. Yeah, we yeah. went back and forth. You know, and that's when we started doing these crazy openings. Because people thought, we, we planned that. But we didn't plan it. We had to do yeah. something because I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Because you were wearing a Hawaiian shirt. That <laughs> is so great. Okay. justify it. Before I worked with Boss the first time, I called up a friend of mine who I'd worked with on a broadcast named Gary Cruz. He lives in Arizona. A really good broadcaster from NBC mm-hmm. there. And he'd worked with Boss in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, I'm going to work with Boss Rudin. And he goes, oh, really? Okay. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> he said, he said dun, dun, dun. Boss says the word fuck a lot. <laughs> and I said, oh, wow. Uh, okay. So I, Boss and I are in Tokyo. And we're getting ready to do the show. And I said, I go, yeah, we're eating. And we're joking around. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, Boss, seriously. I mean. You can't say fuck during the broadcast. <laughs> and he said, 
no problem, Steve. No problem. And then he <laughs> never did it. Ever, ever, ever. No yeah. kidding. Never. Yeah. Yeah. We just go cold turkey on Fox. Cold turkey on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. And it you was, just uh, told us before our broadcast that you gave it up for your New Year's resolution. Resolution. I don't want. I just don't, don't want to swear anymore this year. I figured you know it's you well, it a good example. Yeah, because um, you know uh, the first thing I did was in the, the Ukraine. Was it that what I did with Gary? The the show. I or, think he said it was in Brazil. It could have been Brazil. Ukraine though. It could have oh, yeah. been. been. So I this, this big black guy comes up and go, my God, look at the size of that effing guy right there. And the whole broadcast stops talking. And so, <laughs> check the effing guy out. You know? And they go, I, he can't oh, say anything. You know? I go, oh, oh, I'm sorry, because we're from Holland. You uh-huh. know, you come, the only thing you hear is after this, after this, after this on, on uh, American TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the freedom of speech, you think, oh, everybody's doing that over here in America. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they don't do it. So it, it was just a way for me to express myself, I thought. Oh, that's but right. Because an way. F-bomb in Europe is kind of like saying very. Yeah. No, it's, it's just yeah. a word, right? Like in Holland, you know, um, yeah, how do I say this nice? The word, uh, the female genitalia in Holland is a word is called mm. cut. You know, but they even if you if you watch TV and you see a minister of defense or what something says, <laughs> yeah, that was good. He, he will yeah. say that. He will uh-huh. say that we use the word, like they use shit here pretty right. much. You, but mm-hmm. for them, they use it even on TV in the parliament. It's the craziest thing. Yeah, wow. the first wow. time first time I went to Holland, Boss and I were going to work on a show called Too Hot to Handle. Mm-hmm. So I'm in my room. I turn on the TV, and all of a sudden it was some music video show, and, and a Limp Biscuit mm-hmm. video came on. I go, okay, and so all of a sudden. F this, F that. Wow. <laughs> what the hell? That's on regular TV. They oh got my the good God. version, man. Shampoo <laughs> commercial in between. Naked women. They yeah, show yeah. everything. No. And they go. Yeah. And that's since I was 12 years old. We've we never been blurred out. You know, that's in Holland different. Wow. Like the beaches. Like we have, we were talking about it today. My friend Frederick Lapenda, he sure, went sure, to, sure. to Holland. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. he went to a sauna. And he was like, well, you know, there's women and guys <laughs> naked. Oh, and that's and so he, funny. he says, well, I said, well, well, He's what? Brazilian, too. Yeah, it's. That's in Holland. It's a, yeah. it's a mixture. On it's the beaches, repressed. the topless, it's a normal thing there. It's so right. weird when you come here and mm-hmm. they have the freedom of speech and, this, yeah. and they blur everything. You can't flip anybody off because they blur it. It's <laughs> the craziest that thing. Too yeah. Obviously, yeah. a lot of culture clash going on there and, and differences. Well, working in Japan for so long must have given you guys quite the cultural experience. Oh, yeah. That's way different. i got to yeah. ask you guys. What was the, what was the funnest part of doing that whole pride experience? What was mm, it? Was yeah. it seeing the fights? Was it meeting the fighters? Was it working together? What what did you guys love about it? You know, I would uh, we, we just all the all the fighters and all the American fighters and everybody. What happens when you go to Japan from America? Uh-huh. You wake up early, like four or five o'clock. So everybody's waiting for breakfast because they have a great breakfast. That's oh, an unbelievable the best breakfast on the planet. <laughs> the the oh, Hilton no, Tokyo, Hilton Tokyo was the, the greatest uh, breakfast buffet on the planet. They had uh, hours and Japanese hours of food. Breakfast or no, it was everything. Everything you can ask sushi, whatever you want, whatever. And and they would know you. Like after three shows, they would come and they give you your <laughs> carrot juice mixed with. Apple, like fresh, everything they make it right there. They go, Oh, here you are, Mr. Quaros, Mr. Basu. They had his carrot thing, my whatever drink. They remember these things, you know, and they make any kind of act. It was was just insane. But all the fighters would come together, and everybody, and then we would sit at a table, and then it was like a a fraternity. It It was was the brotherhood. It was was so because they had rivalries, but the thing is, before and after the show, they would drop the BS. Everybody would be cool. I mean, occasionally you get a a, a team, like, I mean, Shootbox was really, really uh, uh, had a big time. 
rivalry with everybody. At yeah. the time. And that actually added to the show, though, mm-hmm. because that put pressure on everybody. Because it wasn't like, okay, we'll just play this as a game. No, no, no they were dead serious about right, it. Right. But the thing is, is that there was a lot of camaraderie. There were the Russian fighters, the fighters from the U.S., the fighters from Brazil, and they, there all these different rivalries and things. But the thing is, everybody got along, and it was like one big traveling family. Wow. A lot of it, I, I think it's interesting because clearly the guys got it that this was an entertainment spectacle and they knew to play up with pride guys part of the history part of the spectacle and the 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 specialness of pride was this sense of creating entertainment a big larger than life spectacle it's yeah. kind of like the Super Bowl halftime show. You know, mm-hmm. they go all out with fighter intros and, and the walkouts, things like that. Um, and, and clearly, I mean, Pride, to a certain extent, was based on the, the, the tenets of pro wrestling, mm-hmm. if you will. And it seems like the fighters got that. Well, to that th- end, um, I mean, to that end, it's just something that, that always impressed me. There's, there's one thing, though, that I have to say about Pride, unlike you mentioned the Super mm-hmm. Bowl and some of these other things, is that. They enabled a lot of these personalities like Quentin Jackson or Vanley Silva to mm-hmm. be themselves yes. completely rather yeah. than invent something that wasn't there. Gary Goodridge or whoever, boom, boom, ba, all that stuff that they would do. Mm-hmm. That was something that were, they were longing to do, but they were being repressed by the corporate environment, which we see a lot in the United States. Mm-hmm. But in Pride, they enabled these guys to really be the best guy. Sakuraba, he became this mysteric, right. m- mysteric, I mean, he was like a freak. We didn't know what he was going to do. He fly when he came up and yeah. he had the left hand and the whole left side of the building and it's like 48,000 people yeah. wide yeah. they were quiet on the other side wide he would walk like this you know there was oh that is so it's crazy cool. and, and, then, and you, as a fighter we were talking about it before and it's uh-huh. maybe cool to say for, as a fighter there's no pressure on you in Japan as long as you fight yeah. if you give up in mm-hmm. Japan like if you load up and you tap You'll never be back in Japan. But if you get beat and you fight and you keep fighting, right. you cannot lose in Japan. Mm-hmm. They will be in line waiting for you for autographs. So for a fighter, when you fight there and you have the feeling that it's okay to lose, uh-huh. that takes a lot of pressure off your shoulders. And you fight, you perform better. Quentin Jackson is a perfect example of that because he, they brought him over and he fought soccer Robin. They made him cut down some weight. <sighs> and he went out there and he threw, Quentin, uh, threw soccer Robin around forever. And then... He got tapped, mm-hmm. but but after that he became a big star. Wait, yeah. actually, right. off a loss. We actually we had a serious talk to him. Yeah. Remember, right after we said, yeah. "Listen, guy, you have something." Yeah. You, we and we started talking to him. If you keep playing your cards straight, you're going to be a superstar yeah. here in Nuh-uh. America. We really started talking to Quinn yeah. because we saw right in front of his eyes. Also, what happened before he went on board? He got swat, <laughs> took him off the plane because there was some arrest out arrested. for him. Somebody set him. Got arrested on the like plane. Act, somebody no. gonna, by U.S. marshals. Yeah. So what the prize? Did. Pride went. Was this Japan to U.S.? His yeah. return leg? No, this is U.S. to Japan. U.S. to Japan. Oh He's going wow. over there. And we thought, okay, that fight's going to get canceled. And then right. the, next, the next day he was on the plane. Pride flipped it around. They made a picture in front of the station, the police station, with his chain on. It was on the freaking front page of the Tokyo Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know? It was hype. He couldn't have bought they that They used hype. it to promote it. Yeah. And then he had to lose, what, 23 pounds on the day of the fight. They had to carry him out of the way in. 23 pounds he lost on the day of the fight that when he fought Sakuraba. And then yeah. he fought like he did. So he fought like a wild man. It was insane. insane. I mean, yes. and yeah. th- there were still people. Sometimes behind the scenes, real talk, there were some negative influences, and I, I had to mm-hmm. argue with people to say, "No, you got to sign Quinn. No, we don't like him. He's this." So, but this guy's going to be a major superstar. I had to do the same thing with with uh, Krokop. I, I had to convince certain people, but at least Saki Kibara 
would listen. The and Paul probably would be stupid because he was a K one superstar. It yeah. would be so, an idiot if you. But there were you people guys that didn't want. Think him. of stars like Quentin Jackson. Yeah. That, that's, you know what I mean? That yeah. started in Pride. And what do you yeah. think of his stardom now? Where where he's come now? What do you think of Vanderly Silva, Miracle Crow Cop, Pride brought not to sidetrack, but Pride. Created a lot of stars that we've been able to see and enjoy in the UFC yep. now. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you take from that? Their their evolution. Uh, Rampage is certainly a, a very storied case. Mm-hmm. I have a theory mm-hmm. about like many things, but uh, <laughs> it, it's a thing where some of the fighters didn't do as well in Pride, and people say, "Oh, well, because drug testing, whatever." But it was a thing where and you see, I mean, yeah, in UFC after Pride, mm-hmm. uh, but Anderson Silva and Quentin Jackson did. So you you can't say well across the board. No, 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 it didn't right. work out that way. But some of the people like Vanderlei and Krokop really loved Pride, loved Japan, hmm. and didn't want to be going to the conquering new leaders. The four hundred pound gorilla. Right, well, it was a thing where let's say a country like Rome takes over another country and they take all their warriors and they make them fight under their mm-hmm. arena. Yeah. Those guys are going to fight like they did on the battlefield yeah. because their heart isn't into it. And that's what you had because they loved pride so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain, like, I think Krokop was being an example because he didn't do as well as people expected him to. Because mm-hmm. after he was fighting with Fedor and all this other stuff and knocking out and, and beating people in the Pride Grand Prix, uh-huh. uh, everybody thought, oh, he's going to tear everybody up when he came to the UFC. It didn't work out. Whereas Anderson Silva didn't do well in Pride. Quentin did okay, mixed a little bit with Vandalay and stuff, yeah. but he did really well, and so did Anderson. So it was a situation where it was all mental of what Pride, Quentin had left Pride, and uh, Anderson had left Pride before they, they became the UFC, mm-hmm. and so they went in with a clean slate, where the other guys went in with loyalty to Pride. Well, but, and maybe also on top of that, what we just talked about, there's no pressure in, in Japan, and now suddenly they go to America, yeah. to the biggest organization, and they have to win because everybody says, oh, he's going to get... I mean, it's a lot of pressure for a fighter right. to have as well. Do you think well, the winning is... records were more important in the UFC than they were in Pride? With the, was yeah, for sure. Speaks yes. a part of it. Yeah. For sure. There yep. is those guys that I have to say that Dana White will keep around because, even if they lose because they are, you know, the, the anomalies Sanchez's. that they are. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the Diego Sanchez, you know, and a lot of guys like we talked about from the Ultimate Fighter 1, they're kind of like Dana White's babies, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's certain guys that sell the, you know, sell the tickets, sell out the seats that, you know, the UFC will keep around. So mm-hmm. do you, I mean... Do you think that that's a big difference, or no? You know what? And I also thought just before you said this. Also, uh-huh. I don't think they got fight bonuses in Japan, right? I think they got a certain amount of money, and that was it—winning or losing. Really? Do you think that they really didn't get like, the, the, the shower bonuses or the, the locker room I, ones? I never heard of that. You, so no? I don't. You know, here it's like they double the money, but I don't. You think mm. that it could have been a mystery? I don't know. We yeah. we didn't hear about it, but maybe we weren't supposed to hear. About yeah. It. Well, hmm. I, mean, I, I think you guys uh, would have known. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You too. guys were in there. You in the nitty gritty. Yeah. 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 I would have doubled my money. You would hear that from a fighter. Most you know? of the fighters never talked about money. No. They really? never talked about money. Were they all money. well paid? I mean, uh, apparently yeah, so. Yeah. They yeah. Yeah. reputation of, of paying yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Um, and cash. They had and they they cash, home right? Talk about that because I've heard some stories. Guys bringing bags back, having to get oh, bags yeah. out of Japan, How bags did of that money. Go with I saw Mark Kerr, you know, I, all the corner, everybody had like 40 grand stuck. You know, it was the greatest <laughs> thing. Yeah. That is so funny. I, Going through customs with that, was that an issue? 
Well, mm-hmm. when you yeah walk through with that no, much I money, I told them before. So if I get caught, I read you out in a second. Oh, <laughs> just don't watch the movie Midnight Express before you. Uh, yeah, before you do it, right? Or, yeah, if it's only then again, it's only an issue if you get caught, right? That's it. That's, That's right. it. We, right. Can, we can just make this just up like, totally just like performance enhancing right drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you don't get caught. Hey, no problem. Give us some some perspective here. Pride, as we've said, it's, it was kind of the Wild West of. And Wild West era of this sport. I think it was more like the Atlantis, to be honest. The Atlantis. Yeah, it was like it was the top of the, the Wild West. Was kind of like lower level kind of guns. Mm, okay. You know. But okay. to me, that was like the cutting edge. It was like the Dubai okay. of the fight organization. And that's kind of what I'm getting okay. at. Pride was that much more international with their talent pool than the UFC was at that time, in my opinion. They were pulling from Brazil when that wasn't necessarily a, a thing. Or um, Mark Hunt. Um, who else? I mean, Mirko and mm-hmm. across board. What was that about Pride that where that formula worked and that the fans wanted that and it, and it paid off? It was a proven format that had worked for Pancrase, where Boss started, okay. and had worked for K1. The top stars in Japan were not Japanese fighters. Mm-hmm. And it was a mystery that now the Americans are figuring out because Anderson Silva became the top box office draw for the UFC. It, it, people aren't that stupid. Mm. They don't need to be fed a, a guy because he's from your hometown. If he's not that good, he's not that good. Right. You've got to put the best fighter, and the audiences will accept the best fighter. Mm-hmm. And the pieces they made on the fighters also, right? Yeah. Oh, and and they would show that in Japan. And we say, why can't we show this on American TV? Hmm. You know, like the Croco the, Perfetto when they would fight. You know, you see the, the things like the... Oh, the the, there was a river with bodies driving, uh, falling oh, in the bodies. God. That was Croco because his yeah. father died in the war. He's sitting in front of his, the, uh, in his grave. Right? And, oh my God! But it was so much. When Croco came up, he had tears in his eyes. Wow! You know, and I go, man, did they show this in America? They, these guys got to be huge superstars. Yeah. And I think right. that maybe in America, maybe they don't want to become too much of a superstar. Well, I don't know. We, like we were just talking about, like you said, you know, the nude beaches in Holland, and you know, the the coed saunas. America isn't as attuned to that kind of dramatic, you know. Still a bit. Pr- we're still a bit prudish. Yeah, when it comes to puritanical. Yes, when it comes to you know what we see on TV and what we're given. So, do you think that you know what the UFC has developed is kind of like the Americanized version of Pride? It's what we can handle at the moment. Would we? Because. I mean, you go in bars today, and half the bars don't even show fights. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why don't you show the fight? Oh, we don't show fights. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I they think, don't show the fights. I, but. I think one of the things, Daria, is uh-huh. that the UFC promotes the brand of the UFC, whereas Pride promoted the superstar fighters. Sakuraba's going to fight. Mm-hmm. Fedor's going to fight. Vandaly's going to fight. Noguera is going to fight. So right. they really promoted that, which was the opposite of what the UFC... And I understand why the UFC does that, because that way they keep, keep control of mm-hmm. their of their product. They don't have to have somebody negotiate with them and want more money than they were going to pay them or whatever. I, I get it, but the thing is Pride just said, hey, we're just going to go with the, everything we got and let's promote the fighter. Yeah, but also, if you look at it now, if you, you see 34 shows, it's very hard to, you know, to, like like a Mayweather Pacquiao now, you see this, it's months right. ahead and starts and becoming huge, but that's one fight, you know, that's, right. you really can promote, really but make that's, it really... But that's called gluttony, because they got too many shows, in my opinion. That's what I mean. The, the, thing, mm-hmm. is, the thing is, let's say a sport like, a real sport like NBA or NFL, you don't have a Super Bowl every week. 
you don't have a Super Bowl every month because mm-hmm. if you did, we kill the sport. Kill the sport, yeah. Yeah, that's what we got with MMA though in the United States it's right now. It's oversaturation. Yeah, totally. Every show is trying to be, or, or that they want every show to be a Super Bowl. Yeah. Whereas with the end with with ball sports, as you were saying, some are just games. Yeah. Yeah. Super Bowl okay. is once a year, and yeah. you know the World Series once a year. If you had that every month, it, it would kill the sport. It would do the same thing to where you couldn't promote stars anymore because mm-hmm. you got too many gaps to fill. Yeah. So you can't do it under that structure. It definitely is harder these days to to break out from the pack and to um, to make yourself distinct. Whereas yeah. you know with a small handful of people, Connor, Ronda. I just want to say they're started now early with that one, July eleventh. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that's going to be a big pay per view yeah. buy, mm-hmm. and it's the first one for that weight division. I think. Hopefully, they don't have an injury. Pull. Yeah, that's the only thing Not I'm afraid of as well. That would be yeah. bad. But I think that would that could be one of the biggest pay per view draws ever. I think. Yeah, yeah. Conor McGregor's the, yeah. the new hot thing for yep. sure. Yeah. yeah. What were some of the favorites when you guys look back on your legacy and pride? What were the favorite matches where you go, I was there? Because I, ha- I have one. Well, uh, in, in, oh, in my opinion, I'm happy to be there. there but tell us, tell us. You guys, tell us. I'm curious to know well, what, what are some of the matches that the fans should know? People that are new to the legacy of pride don't well, know. Almost, you want to say everything, everything uh, shoot box, everything Fedor, Sakuraba. I mean, all, yeah. they all they came to fight, you know? And. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? What Arona against Quinton? You know when he uh, lifted him up, and, yeah. yeah, and he, he even arched back all the way and yeah. then slammed him out. Uh-huh. That was like that was, okay, that was decadent. Uh, you know, I for me <laughs> holding the, the ropes the, and stomping the, ahead. The, the, the one that, that sticks out for me. Uh, for a variety of different reasons, and, and entertainment oh, is, isn't isn't necessarily one of them. Whatever, uh, isn't necessarily entertainment isn't necessarily one of them. It's Hoist Gracie versus Sakuraba. Oh, that was the greatest yes. thing. Yes. Because okay, the fight itself was hit and miss a little bit. Sometimes there was a lot of gaps where but nothing happened. This is a ninety-minute yeah. fight, but before the fight, yeah. Uh, Hoist Gracie said, "Well, I won't fight in this tournament. It was an eight-man tournament. It was mm-hmm. the it was a Pride Grand Prix two thousand. Unless I have unlimited time limit." Of consecutive fifteen-minute rounds until somebody taps or they get stopped. Yeah. Okay, fine. Wow. So they gave him the only guy in the tournament those special rules. Everybody else fought under the other rules, uh-huh. unless they fought Hoyce Gracie. And then, the, well, let's, I was going to say, let's put it into perspective here. Kazushi Sakuraba, known at that time, I mean, for for a while, he's known as being the Gracie Killer. The Gracie. He wasn't hunter. the Gracie Killer yet. Was he not? No. Let me because well, he only beat, beat on one this. Gracie. That, was that what it was? Uh, it was Hoyler Gracie. Henzo. He only beat Hoyler Gracie. Hoyler and then, oh yeah, Hoyler and then and I then. thought Henzo was. This is before he beat Henzo. The ninety-minute match was before Henzo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that okay. That's right. It was before he was Gracie Killer. So the Gracies right. wanted uh, the, the Gracies wanted these special rules for revenge. Only for the Hoyler? No, it wasn't okay, revenge. It was they just wanted the rules because that's the way they fought, and that that was the, the situation. There was no Gracie killer yet because no he had, he'd only beaten Hoyler Gracie before that mm-hmm. fight. The okay. only one guy. So what, what happened was Sakuraba did a press conference mm-hmm. and he wore a diaper. And he said, what's the diaper for? He said, well, if I'm in the match and I have to go to the bathroom, it's unlimited to time limit. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> and it was like, everybody's thinking, well, and he's smoking cigarettes, he, you know, he drinks yeah. a little bit. Drinks and so it, it's like bit. everybody thought, well, this is the prototypical yeah. martial yeah. art guy 
tournament champion in the UFC and Hoist Gracie, a serious guy against this wisecracking, subtle, you know, pro wrestling guy who could fight. So there was a, there was these two giant symbolic things going uh-huh. on in, uh-huh. in the fight before the fight even started. And then Sakuraba comes out with two other guys with masks on. We right. don't know which is the guy. Which is Sakuraba. Yeah. yeah. Wrestling, obviously pro wrestling, very big <clears throat> in Japan. And the, yeah. the Japanese masks. Uh, Sakuraba came. He was trained uh, trained in, in pro wrestling originally and took to ground submission wrestling. And, and that really was, was part of what... Mm-hmm. Uh, Kind of his calling card enterprise. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but, but he's one of the few. You know, this guy's oh, yeah. a super talented guy, yeah. and he already he, he could wrestle the, though. He, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He could seriously wrestle. But his submission game, everything, and and the, even way the way he hits, it looks a little weird. But he's got some power in his hands, and Be, he's flying out suddenly because he dropped Vitor Belfort mm-hmm. with a back kick before anybody uh, yeah, threw yeah, a back yeah. kick in MMA. Guys, remember that? I'm telling you, go fight past nine ninety nine. I know we used to harp on it. And but Vitor was supposed this to This is why kill. you go in. Yeah. Get that stuff, yeah. man. Yeah, like passes all the good pride fights. Yeah, because Vitor was supposed to sm- smash him, but th- see that that fight was, because it was ninety minutes it, during the fight. Uh, Sakura turns his back to Hoist, mm-hmm. and nobody did that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, because you turn your back to Hoist, you can get choked out. No, and also the gi. He wanted to fight with the gi, so yeah. he started like ice hockey style, putting the gi over his head and, t- and, and uh, undoing the gi him. bottom and pulling <laughs> the pants <laughs> down. Oh so Hoist going, "What am I doing?" And you remember, <laughs> he grabbed the gi. He was standing inside the guard, and he pulls him on his back all the way. So. Mm-hmm. Which was laying like this upside down, and then he started hitting him in between his legs on his head. That it was the craziest thing ever. Do you think that that style of fighting, that those rule books could exist today, or do you think it's kind of outdated and that we've evolved? Yeah, no, it shouldn't. You know, I, I don't think you're you're having an advantage anymore with the gi now. I yeah, think it's right. a disadvantage mm-hmm. because yeah. people know after that fight already they got like, <laughs> oh wait a minute. You know, I, we had the guy who was his name who who. Pulled his gi off when he was fighting Vanderlei, and he didn't walk away. So he, he decided to take his gi off, he but he Saki. stayed in shooting range. He was Saki, I think his name was. And he took it off, and then he got knocked out. Yeah, he got his hands down. Oh, that's too And they walk to the other side of the <laughs> ring and do it there, you know. But he's like right in front of him. He's pulling it off. That was that was pride dynamite. That was a two. It was a judo kid. He was uh, from Takane, from uh, from Tanaka. What's his the judo gold medalist again? Uh, his name Yoshida. Yoshida. He was uh-huh. his student. Uh-huh. Remember, and then he got sick of the gi, and he just took it off in the Went middle of the match, and then eventually he yeah, he's not a gentleman. Bad, bad timing. Bad timing, right? Oh, yeah. that's too funny. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely. I mean. Pride was part of the evolution of MMA. It was like the beginning of it. So to see where it's come now, do you? I mean, do you like where it's come now, or do you kind of miss that craziness? And I lo- I love the game, and I I like the the the, the training and the evolution. And uh-huh. as far as the technique of fighting, oh, it's at the peak now. I mean, back then it was still new enough to where there was still more excitement. That's one of right. the things you're losing now because everybody knows all the information. So now there's no unpredictable movement. Hoist Gracie triangle choke Dan Severn in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought, what is that? We didn't. Nobody knew what it was. And as soon as somebody right. threw, like Anderson Silva threw a flying knee against Carlos Newton, wow, that actually works in a fight. Wow, Maurice Smith, you, you head kick guys. I mean, but now everybody knows everything. So. It's people aren't impressed anymore, right? And I don't think there's room for one trick ponies anymore. I mean, no, you, you not. can't just have one. You know, 
Well, MMA now being a sport and a style unto itself, in, in that time there was still the element of style versus style. Right, you right, could right, impose right. yours on the other guy, whereas right. now everyone's training the same uh, by under the same rules and stuff. I like I like the judging though. You know, if you, if you're a ground fighter that. and you're working as a ground fighter, yeah. that should count the same as you're a striker on your feet and you're attacking. Even when you can't knock him out, but you're the aggressor and you're throwing, mm-hmm. then the fight goes to you if you win. So mm-hmm. if that's on the ground, it should count the same. You're saying I'm, you like the current judging or the no, old judging? The, the pride judging. Pride yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. in uh, uh, Carlos Newton, uh, oh no, Carlos Newton, um, uh, Johnny really? Hendricks versus. Um, I mixed them up. Carl, Carl, Carlos Condit. Carlos Condit. That's why I'm mixing them up. Mm-hmm. I thought Condit won that fight. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because he was on the ground going for submissions mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. again. And I think that should count. That should say, count the same as on the feet striking would count. And people say, yeah, but he's, he's missing them and he can't put them on. I say, do you know how dangerous it is if you got somebody in the guard, you go for an armbar? And now, if you miss, now he's in side mount. You know, now you right. give him a position. So it, that should count more right. than the escape, of course. So, like, mm-hmm. an armbar attempt should be equivalent to rocking somebody on the feet. Yeah. Yeah, or, or something no, to, like that. Like you're, the, you're, you're the aggressor. Right. Right? Pushing so, someone to the cage or whatever. Yeah. Like Japanese fighting spirit. That was always rewarded quite a bit. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally yeah. at the end of the year, with there was a fighting spirit award in the media. Uh, right. In, in the media year-end awards. But, yeah. but then also monetarily for fighters and, and the fanfare. Yeah. Right? yeah. Take soccer kicks out. I would say take. The, I, I would say almost take the elbows out and put knees in on the ground. That, that I, I agree I, with that. Because, really? That. Yeah, yeah, because elbows you can just cut somebody, and it, it, plus it, it shortens your career when you get too many cuts. You, you have to have plastic surgery, and then yeah. you start looking like Joan Rivers. Knockouts by like by the elbows. Diaz boys. They have yeah. to get that cartilage that, repaired. That was a big thing. I, I remember the, the controversy in that era between pride rules or North American unit. Yeah, not the rules. stomping. That I think it's we cannot do that. Stomping either. to the head. Yeah. No, no, that's not yeah. it. But knees to the head. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty easy to defend a knee on the ground, right? Yeah. I mean, just stop it. But it would make it more exciting because a knee will knock you out, indeed. The thing instead is, of a cut with an elbow. Right. Boss, on the street, you, you wouldn't stop fighting if you got a cut, right? Do you remember when they re-added the knees to the head? It was when we were coming from Holland after doing two art to handle into, and then it was uh, Dan Henderson versus Henzo. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Uh, Alan Goez versus um, Mark Coleman. And, and a lot of guys got knocked out from shooting in and getting on all fours and getting hit in the dome. Yeah. And then after that, nobody did because you just pull right into guard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So once you you know once you know it once you know it's coming. Yeah. It's like it's like illegalizing. It's like banning the left toe. Wait a minute. Just mm. put your right hand up. I yeah. Mean, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Who are some of the fighters that you uh, the pride guys? I mean, we, we've talked a few, about a few like the uh, um, Vanderlei's Rampage Mirko. Um, who who are some of the other fighters that fans should go back and study? When they sign up for Fight Pass on UFC.com, nine ninety nine. Pope Oh, God, thank you. Talk, talk yeah. about the legacy. Thank this you. Is fascinating Eagle stuff. Chanchin. That was actually the, the Ukraine when I say, look at the size of that effing guy. That was for Chanchin. He fought an eight-man tournament. He yeah. was uh, 190 pounds or 180 pounds at the time. And the smallest guy he fought was 320 pounds. And he knocked Jeez. all three out. Wow. And I go, Predecessor like, who to... is this guy? Yeah. You know, that was the great. And then he came to Pride. I go, oh, man. I was so happy when he came to Pride because yeah. here's this soft-spoken little guy from Ukraine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. had this big punch. And the way he would defeat because because boss the cages in those Russian tournaments yeah, were yeah. giant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like a, you had, it was like a football field. Though. It was like huge. So you could use movement. You didn't just, have to just wait there and wait for the single leg takedown. Yep. He'd step straight back and throw the straight right. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. Great knees also yeah. to the head. Right. You know, this is something interesting. It is the first I've ever heard this. You said cages in Russian tournaments. Mm-hmm. You're saying that Russian shows. 
that early on in had cages? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was, really? The Russian it was absolute. It was, it was absolute. like a circle almost. It was, okay. I don't think it was an octagon. Was it? it was a circle? It was a circle, I believe, yeah. yeah. And this was in the 90s? Yeah. It was around the you know, early mid '90s. Similar setup to cages that we know today, or did it Probably look different? Six, because I, I I still went from Holland to the Ukraine. I remember that. Yeah. So. Wow. Did they look that much different, or were they? Uh, no, it was just a cage. It's, it's only the. Yeah, it was kind of low red. Yeah, low yeah. red. The structure it was not, wasn't that good. Yeah, but not, but not the, all the padding I, completely. Maybe they didn't <laughs> shave off all the. Who oh, knows? They got to okay. put the back and you get cut oh, like. Oh uh, no! Look like you know. Imagine that, guys. We don't like the last temptation of Christ. I want to ask you guys, Uh where are you now? I mean, tell everybody what you guys do now. I know Mm -hmm. you own a gym, Stephen. What have you been doing? Um, I've been working with our brother, um, Moro Ronaldo, Uh uh, Glory Kickboxing, which is on Spike TV and CBS Sports Network. And it's pretty much the nice thing about Glory Kickboxing is there's not a lot of other big. Uh, kickboxing organizations, right. whereas right now MMA is so, such a flavor of the month. There's all these yeah. organizations and everything, but Glory is pretty much taken over what K1 used to be, which was the pinnacle right. of, ki- of kickboxing. And I just got back from Dubai, still got a little bit of jet lag. You know, I were joking about <laughs> Dubai and how yeah, it it's just an interesting place. And I felt like somebody had slipped a hallucinogenic in my drink or something because it was like, wow. Yeesh. But Glory Kickboxing is like the, the yeah. premier kickboxing league right now. Right. And we're very blessed to have TV deals on CBS Sport Network and Spike TV. Very cool. Yeah. And Boss, what about you? Just do a lot of stuff. You know, the OT trainer, the lung training device that I invented that actually now cures asthma. I, I'm, I'm going to have the medical test going up. Right. I'm probably going to go public now with the company awesome. because the results are Inside crazy. MMA, of course. Inside every MMA week. every Friday night, you know. And then uh, I'm working on another TV thing, which I will tell more about. And then for the rest, you know, I'm all over the place. You're the a gym, coach, right? You have a gym, you coach people? Yeah, two times people? a week I, I actually train, uh, teach people at the gym. And then most of the time on uh, Saturdays I train a fight team now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I go in when when I'm there, you know, and then also I do a commentator for NBC for the World Series of Fighting. Are you big into to building your own fighters, or is that not your forte? Or you know, I help them when they come out, you know, and uh, but I, I I don't I can't have the, I don't have the time anymore. You don't have the time you know, to right. go two times a day. That. Really focus on it. That that I don't have anymore. But when they ask for my help, I always there. Awesome. Yeah. He's being a little bit modest here too, because uh, somebody's got a movie. Oh yeah, of course. Up. Bulk Up 2 comes out next Friday nice. with Kevin James. Uh, I'm one of the bad guys in it. You know, it's not as a big part as I had in, in, in Here Comes Boom, but it's a real fun part. We had a lot of fun. My name is Hank, and uh, it's a Dutch name again. And uh, you're going to have to take a double take. I'm, I'm even wearing glasses. i got a big beard. Oh, and, uh, I can't wait uh, to see uh, that. Kevin James is I've been yeah. seeing it advertised. It's I didn't really know funny. you were in it, boss. No, yeah. uh, Actually, you see me walking on the stairs in the preview with a gun. And that's me. So that's why a lot of people, they don't even recognize me. because that I get the glasses. too funny. And, yeah. and you'll be in this. Uh, here comes the boom 2. It uh, comes out at some point soon. No, here comes, no they're not going to do it too. Here comes oh, really? the boom. We wish. You know, uh-huh. I wish. You know, But uh, it, it, it did okay. At the thing, But they, they expected the numbers to be a little higher. So I don't mm. think uh, they like 45. It was a very fun movie. It was. You know, yeah. it has a, a uh-huh. five rating, uh, star rating for the people who see it. We wanted to... What is it? The Family Awards. We won as Best Family Movie because huh. people, when they see the fighting, an the MMA movie won at a, at a Family, family Award show. We're yeah. making progress. I love yeah. it. Yeah, right. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a really when you watch it, it's about teach helping your people. You know, mm-hmm. your right. friends. Even when you see it happen in the in the classroom, the kids start doing what the teacher is doing. You know, he's helping the the school. So I thought it was a great story. I, I just think the promotion for. MMA and comedy people didn't really get that. Okay. Uh, yeah. But once they watched it, everybody 
right, liked right. it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think a lot of people say, oh, that was a bad movie. It was a fun movie. You yeah. come out with a smile, you have fun. You know, that's a mission accomplished, I always Right, say. yeah, absolutely. Yep. Movies... I'm actually writing. Kickboxing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Still drumming, probably. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm writing the drummers. I'm, I'm sorry, yep. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> that's again. I'm trying to fit a word in. That's why I'm. I'm actually writing a TV show, but it's yep. that's the long front. This takes forever. Yep. You, you know, know you, you have to you have to take steps away from that because you get so immersed in that. Yeah. That really? three days go by going. I didn't go outside. Do you feel like a vampire? Right. Yeah. yeah. And plus, it looked like one too. But. Uh, yeah, it, plus playing drums. As a matter of fact, when I leave here, I'm going to the anniversary party of the Rainbow Bar and Grill, and the, there's, a, there's a record company in England that wants to sign my old band Snow with Carlos Cavazzo oh, to wow. a licensing deal, and so he's going to be there. And so we've already negotiated all the terms, and it's just that's an ongoing thing. But that will be something. Yeah, you got to hear this guy drum. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I have. I remember. I yeah, yeah, so really months good. ago. Yeah, really Do you good perform years. locally or anything? Not anywhere? for a while. I mean, it's because I'm busy with all these other ventures. Yeah, you, have you know, so many other cool things. Going yeah, on. I mean, it's but it's something. It's like a really good virus that always comes back when you need it. Awesome. <laughs> well, we'll be coming back next week as the virus is, the virus that is UFC After Buzz. Uh, to, it will haunt you forever. To discuss Luke Rockhold versus uh, Machida Leota. It's going to be a good fight. Leota Machida. Yeah. Guys, uh, put out the social media here. Where are you? El Wapo. Okay. Um, Stephen Quadros, and there's no PH, and actually it's S T E P H E N, no V, no A, and Stephen Quadros, Q U A D R O S, StephenQuadros.com, Stephen Quadros at Twitter, Everywhere. Facebook, Instagram. yeah, Instagram. I mean, you know, for all those people <laughs> that just have got a really good neck thing like this, and like the whole life is like this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's P H E N, so. Yeah, Buzzword and MMA on Twitter. But I always say if you want something, do Google Buzzword and yeah, say Buzzword to Twitter, and it will give you that. And Facebook.com, Buzzword, and yeah. you know, YouTube. I have a fun YouTube thing. It's called Official Buzzword. So YouTube.com slash Official Buzzword. Mm-hmm. A lot of funny videos that I put on. And uh, all my fights are on there also, except the UFC fights, but uh, the Japanese fights. Mm-hmm. With my own commentary. Very good. Uh, yeah, all the pancakes fights. That is awesome. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Fun, I'm going to so. go back and watch some of those. Yep. Jay, where can we find you? JTan716, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you have an event coming up shortly, right? May 31st? Shortly, yeah, yeah. The University of MMA Fight Night 10. Amazing cool. shows. Right. Those, shows are, um, those shows are amazing, Jerry. <laughs> really, yeah, your yeah, shows really kick ass. My fighters love fighting on your show because they, they always know ass. they have an opponent. On the other shows, many times, <laughs> yeah, the opponent it's just, is, they, you know, something happens. It's and true. They never yeah. have that with you. Every local amateur fighter loves fighting for the UMA. That's yeah. like a that's like a cardinal thing in, in Southern California. May 31st, Club Nokia. Tickets are already on sale, and I'm building up a hellified match card. Boom. Hellified. The Jersey <laughs> Devil is going to be joking. on him. Oh, you like that? See what I did there? Okay, guys, <laughs> you can find me at Jersey Devil on Instagram and uh, Jersey Devil and pretty much everything, or just type in Dario Bernardo. I will be fighting shortly. Announcements to come. We'll see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.